We need to align. Everybody needs to align what the Zoom view mode that they use. Okay. Do you want me I to tell you mine? That's right. I'll, well, what's, conf rules. what's confusing about this is that uh, the button at the top of my Zoom right now says speaker view. I think that means because when I click on it, it's going to take me to speaker view. I think what I use is called gallery view. I'm using you're, you're above Brady me. Bunching. We're Brady I'm, bunching. And then I move, I make the window uh, skinny because otherwise there's too much Ooh. black space. So I make it skinny. So it's just us two. And then I put <laughs> you our, go totem my pole. Pod. Yeah, you go totem and then I, pole? exactly. And then my pod dock is on the other half of my screen so that there's always something I could look at. Got it. Got it. That's got what it. works See, for me, Pablo. I'm doing it. I'm in the totem pole. I'm currently, um, <laughs> who's the guy in the middle of Hollywood Squares all the time? Uh, Bruce Valanche. Yes. You watch Hollywood Square. I am wow. the Bruce Valanche in our podcast totem pole. It's just really distracting when like other people, like they could be looking at anything, you know? It's like, this is a weird, if we're going to get closer to human interaction, mm. we got to at least be in the same video game. And I feel like totem pole camera stack is a good one. Yeah, we're, we're closer as opposed to further apart. I don't want to have to look left and right when I'm talking to you. I just want to look at you. How how much are you just staring at yourself in any given Zoom conversation? Originally, well, it also depends on how much I care about what it is that's happening. <laughs> One of the Wait, things so what goes up when the other, okay, so if it's more boring, what are you more likely to do? Looking at myself, being like, yeah. are you crushing this? Are you worth listening to? Are you <laughs> worth looking at? Otherwise, I'm um, being like, like for when we do HQ, it's really hard for me. I keep getting told to stop looking at, let's say, Bomani when he's talking on my screen because they're like, yep. your eyes are off. But I'm like, yeah, but if I look at me, I'm not talking. And also Bomani's talk. I want to look at him. It's tough. Yeah. You want to you want to emulate a human interaction. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm with you completely. Here's a radical maneuver that I think is more like a human interaction, but I never do because I will intuitively also drift towards myself in any given situation. Um, the hide self view. What? Is this is so funny because the last podcast I interviewed Charlotte Wilder and we were talking about how weird it is that this time more than any other in history, we've had to look at ourselves whether we Completely. want to or not. Completely. And so I did not know there was a hide self. Where is it? It's so three dots next to mute on yourself. There's hide self yep. view. Okay. But here's the thing. It's radical, Katie. It's a lot. I'm going to click I, it right you know now. What? what? And now here we are. Oh, this here is so we weird. I feel so alone <laughs> with you. I know. Wow. This oh. pandemic messed us up in ways we do not understand. I'm nodding my head so hard, my spine column is being alive. I feel creeped out. There's nobody else oh. here. Well, and 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 I'm Travis is in the closet. Here. Travis is in the closet, staring. Oh God! When I did this with Mina, she turned. She couldn't figure out how to turn her video on, and she was like, <laughs> "That's fine, right?" And I was like, "No." But I did it. I talked to a map that weirdly showed she was in oh. Africa, and I just looked at the map, and I was like, "None of this makes sense. It's hard." I feel like you got catfished. Bye. Yeah. It might have been fake, somebody fake who does Mina. a really non-limited fake of Mina Khan. Whoever <laughs> can do the most. It was probably you. So you probably already know the beats of how this weird. <laughs> By the way, it has already started, which is weird for anybody listening because I haven't said. <clears throat> Hello. 
sweet cheeks? I don't know. I didn't think about it. Welcome to Sports, the podcast that ends with a question mark, but tries its best not to use a ton of exclamation points. I'm Katie Nolan. It's Thursday, so that means I'm going to talk to somebody cool who has been nice to me uh, about why they did that and what they're up to. That person today, as you already know, is Pablo Torre. Hi, Pablo. Hello. We've gone over Zoom alignment, so I don't have a lot left. <laughs> There's usually a point in any of these where you're like, that's where it's going to start. And on this one, it was before we hit record. So then the second we hit record, I was like, just assume it has started. But I didn't know people are going to start listening to this podcast. There's no hello. It's just us talking about Zoom. <laughs> but it feels worth sharing with people. And so this is the interview they're getting. It is the sound of two human beings for the first time in roughly a year engaging eye to eye and and literally like and their bodies like recoiling like whoa yes what is this where did i go i've lo- i feel like i've lost myself in a way that's very disorienting but yes. hopefully i can find myself by asking you questions about you which is basically what this is going to be i sent you a text today because I don't know if you've heard through a grapevine, I have just and am just getting over coronavirus. So I uh, last normally I'm trying to get better at reaching out to people I want to do this with in advance, but it screws you up when you start working on Monday. And Travis was like, "Did you book a guest?" And I was like, "No." Can I? Can I be? Can I? Go. Can I be transparently honest yes. with you? I didn't know that. Yeah. So I'm so glad that you seem to be doing well. I am. I'm doing so much better. Although yesterday or two days ago, I said that out loud. No, it was yesterday. And then started feeling awful. I've told people that coronavirus is oddly like an edible. As soon as you say it doesn't do anything, it hits you to remind you that you have it. So I'm mm. cautious to say I'm over it. That's why I keep saying I'm getting over it. Um, but yeah, it was a pain in the butt. Uh, so now I'm distracted because Dan just walked in and waved at me. No, it's my fault entirely. Hello, Dan. Uh, Pablo says hi. He says hi. So basically, uh, yeah, I texted you today and said, do you have an hour to talk about you with me? Which I understand is totally weird. But then I also was like, saying no is totally fine. And you were like, thank you. You were very clear about that. It's it's an escape hatch. Everybody should be granted. And you were generous enough to offer it. Because it's that terrible feeling we all get when someone's like, what do you have today? You're like, well, what are you going to ask me to do once I tell you my schedule? Don't trick me into doing something with you. So anyway, I've you're been, here. I've been tricked before. Yes, a, as have I, which is why I try my best not to trick. So you're here. <laughs> you're probably like, what is this? And that's great because everyone that's listening to this, as well as myself, have the same question. Point is, we kind of find it as we go. Or, or may, maybe your listeners could go to that URL slash daily which i believe is our daily they I think didn't it's even our make it code. your 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 ad read was so much better than mine i i that's because I mean, I you are you are the queen of ad reads i, I added I would say you that to as it well. that's why it's good because you mm. were a part of it without you i would have just been reading the words on the screen but i wanted to read those words to you because i'm no longer on the screen this is all for <laughs> you from here on out it's a one man show with a one man audience and it's terrifying I got to say the beauty of this alignment of Zoom protocols is that same to you. That's yes. That's what I'm doing for you. Yeah, and so you at the same time, audience. at the same time, um, super jealous of how good that ad read was. Oh, well, thanks. I don't know how to take that weird compliment. You sell yourself out so well. <laughs> the way you whore yourself is top notch. 
Good you, job. You make it seem like you're not selling yes, out. Yes, which is actually while evil. selling out. It's evil and it's <laughs> gross. So let's move on from it until I have to do it again later for underpants. Um, mm, I didn't get that one. Jealous Pablo, that you, I like you so much. You're such a good friend to me. And uh, likewise, th- it's like I can't. Uh, earlier today, Dan was like, "Where's Pablo from?" And I was like. I don't know anything about Pablo, which is not because I haven't read the things you say. It's because I haven't really read anything anybody says about you because I'm like, I'll just ask Pablo. So like, are you, you're not from Philly. You're from New York. No, I'm from New York. I'm from Manhattan. I'm from New York city. I'm from Manhattan, but I do. Obviously I am a Sixers simp on television and radio and podcasts. Which are all mediums. different, as Dan Patrick has taught us. <laughs> That's a course. How yes. is radio not podcasts? You're halfway towards a degree, by the way. So maybe you should consider just finishing it. Just 19 months left. Uh, <laughs> but but I'm from New York. And I I identify in so many ways with, I think, what I imagine to be the New York character, which is its own just type of asshole. But it is one that I identify with. I think it's because, if I may, it's because it's you meet so many different types of people that you almost, if you allow yourself to have more empathy, you can also let it do the opposite to you and make you think everybody is the is your enemy. But if you let it, it can teach you that like, oh, even a person you think you have nothing in common with, there are a lot like you in this way. It is New York as much as anything is that it's the idea that you can be crammed all up on a bunch of weirdos mm-hmm. and you're going to love it. Right. And I do by and large, which speaks to why obviously the pandemic has among many reasons been very surreal and yeah. I am legendy um, emotionally and I guess cinematically. But yeah, I, New York, New York is that New York is totally that. Yeah. So you're, it's funny because you just don't feel, I did know you were from New York. You just don't feel as much like you're from New York, which I don't mean to sound like an insult. I hope you don't take it as one. I mean, I, I am walking, I'm big, walking here. Yeah, I'm up. walking here. Is I'm that, always is that fascinated when I first moved, when I did move into the city, I don't even live there now. But when I lived there before, I was always, when I saw kids coming home from school on the subway, I was like, what a different experience than my experience, which was either a bus or I walked. But like, the subway when you're a kid that would terrify me it terrifies me often as an adult full disclosure (laughs) um especially lately lots i mean i read too many new york post subway attack headlines i think that's another they write too many is the other argument (laughs) it's a it's it's unfortunately um a it's a lucrative uh vertical on the new york post um website the uh, subway attacks the uh the thing about the subway fear yeah uh, weirdos attacking you. Uh, yes. That's a big one. Um, but the thing about the subway and and like growing up in New York, if you ever YouTube video or YouTube videos of like New York City subway 1989, it's crazy. It looks apocalyptic. It's full of graffiti. It looks it looks very cinematically scary. And to think that like I grew up not I wasn't in the subway at that point, but in like years from now, I'm going to tell Violet, my daughter, I'm going to be like, this is what the subway was like when I was growing up. I'm going to be like, what? And I'm in reality, of course, many years removed from that. But it's 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 a lot. Yeah. You're like the subway was more underground when I was coming up. She's like, that is still very much under the ground. What are you talking about? 
so you uh, yeah. you grew up in New York, went to uh, one of the smart ones. I think it was Harvard, right? I get uh, so, you it's guys, so, it's all so your great. smart schools confused. And it's and like, I, I don't you, expect you to remember Hofstra. That's my gift to you. It's like, you don't have to know where I went. It's not. I would, I would never forget the Harvard of Long Island. That's right. Thanks. So Harvard, much. though, I'm so glad that you didn't know that 100%. Because people use it as a weapon against you a lot of the time. As, 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 as a weapon, as a locker to be stuffed into, but also as just like <laughs> the obvious lens through which you see a person, which is, by the way, like the, f <laughs> the most ridiculous lens to complain about, arguably. Yes. Um, but, and I enjoy it, honestly. It makes me look better. Of course um, you do. But, 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 um, yeah, it, it's, it's, it, I could I I enjoyed talking about how Harvard is a lot dumber um, in reality than anybody uh, probably truly understands. And also, are you saying everyone's too dumb to know how dumb Harvard is? And you're <laughs> smart enough to know you that is for idiots. Exactly correct. <laughs> oh, the view from Mount Pablo. I'm going to stop talking now. <laughs> no, it's perfect. Everything about you is my favorite thing about you. Uh, that's going to be a New York you, Post vertical yes, um, of headline. Course. When did you realize you were smart? Man, I don't think I thought of myself as smart until people started telling me that. Uh, my mom would tell me that, but I always chalk that up to being encouraging. Like that's my true. I mean, they not. go hand in hand if you think about it. Pretty biased, pretty biased judge, yes. my mom. Um, I'm smart enough to know that. That said, um, I always thought that growing up, like what I could do better was than maybe, or I felt very comfortable doing was just writing and like articulating thoughts and writing. And that to me um, was never the same as intelligence, but that was the thing that I sort of like realized, oh, this is so helpful in school, yeah. <laughs> which I think is probably what intelligence for a long ass time is, it, it, that's what, how Defined we measure it. by, yeah. Yes, yes, absolutely. And so I realized like, oh, this one thing that I can do is getting me through a lot. And like chemistry is hard, obviously, physics is hard. And I'm like, okay at that, I'm not great by any means. I not, still don't understand chemistry and physics really. But writing, I was like, okay, if this is what it is to be some sort of smart, then yeah, okay, that makes sense. I think the thing that made me realize that was when I would use writing as in like writing an email to my teacher to help me in the things that I was bad at. It was like I wasn't getting like weirdly math worked for me, but it worked when it was more like, hey, here's a problem. Figure it out. Show your work. Because I was like, oh, I can show you how I got where I got. If I get credit for that, even if I didn't get to the right spot, then I'll be fine. But like yep. things like history, like when dates wouldn't stick in my mind, I would use uh, emails, convincing emails to get out of like, don't be mad at me for this paper being late. And then I was like, told myself for so long that it was cheating. And then it was like, no, it was learning how to use the skills that I was given. <laughs> the ability to write down my thoughts and like make somebody feel like they can relate to it. Because when someone can relate to you, they're like, okay, fine, but do this. So to recap, you uh, <laughs> did like a, it sounds like a phishing hack on your teachers. Like you wrote oh. very convincing emails. They signed up for a multi-level marketing scheme and you got to not do that week's assignment. All I'm saying is that Mr. Sotomayor is still selling lotions at a great rate for which I get a percentage of every <laughs> lotion he sells and a bigger percentage of every other teacher he recruits 
to our, yes, it's probably like a Ponzi scheme, but it's, we shouldn't focus on that part. And of the it. promo code for that is Nolan as well. Or daily, depending on if you like <laughs> me or John Daly's podcast. Oh, <laughs> uh, every time I'm like, oh, I know what to ask him next. I forget because I get so caught up in the things that you're talking. Can we, about. Can we talk about trying to get out of assignments though, in school and writing emails and stuff for a second? Did you ever do this? Well, it's just, of course you have to write the email where it's like, here is my paper that's due now. And here is a Word document that is me mashing wingdings for a while. That <laughs> Something looks must like... have gone wrong with my computer. That's a thing, kids. I know we're going to sound very kids nowadays, but I feel bad they don't have the luxury of saying like, Oh, this machine that none of us understand <laughs> did something wacky. Now it's like, get it fixed. It's easy to do. What could the problem be? Back then it was like, oh gosh, I'm telling you, this teacher, my history teacher, I took a screen grab of my outbox and <laughs> I uh, made it look like I had sent him an email that I had never sent him before. And I was like, I'm telling you, it's sent. Was that creative? Yes. Was that deceitful? Oh my God, yes. I felt so guilty, but Absolutely when it worked, deceitful. I was like, oh, it worked? Like, there's like a little Loki in all of us that's like, oh, I can just get kind of tricky here and be <laughs> part about how to not have to prove I'm smart to somebody again for the fifth time today, because that's all school feels like when you're that age. You're like, am I good enough? Please just say I'm good enough so I can stop. Number one, um, kids today, to continue your first point, kids today, they're not just like confused by like, why is there a bunch of like code in this text file? They are like constantly pulling that like thing that you do in a heist movie where they like have like fake photos in front of their camera and they're like somewhere else. They have like changed their username <laughs> to like reconnecting. They have like green screens and shit. They're like rob, they're like pulling a heist on their class every day. Like they, I mean, kids today, truly it's, it's, we are, we are so unprepared for how, how good they're more advanced they're going to be at everything. Yes. I know, but I feel like empathy skips generations and you have to make sure that we give the smart ones as much of it as possible because we got it because our parents were raised with like, I got to make enough money to feed my family. I've got to worry about that. And we were given the, like, you don't, not everybody, but like many people in this generation were given like. Why do you guys care so much about money? It's not about money. So it's like, you just got to make sure the next generation remembers it's not all about <clears throat> money all the time because they're going to have more ways to make it than ever before. But that's good because then it can make it not about money because everybody will have it and it won't matter anymore. Are you about to do like a a Dogecoin ad read right now? Is that Probably. what this is at? No, that's so funny because my plan was to sneak the MeUndies in without you knowing I was doing a MeUndies ad read. And as <laughs> kind of picked up on it and it's not even happening. I'm just preoccupied with thoughts that have nothing to do with this interview. So I just need to focus because I have attention deficit disorder. I was going to say, part of me suspects that we're still in the full sale ad read. It is. And that's again, Dan Pat, fullsale.edu. <laughs> Slash Nolan. Uh, what's happening is I'm teaching you how to sportscast through the guise of an interview. It's the medium is the message. You know, Pablo? That's what they taught <laughs> me. Is, the Harvard is, of Long Island. At the, at the end of this Zoom call, you take a diploma out and you present it to me. That's it. That's exactly what's going to happen. You became a dad. Here's a question for you. So one Oof. thing I've been fascinated by in quarantine on its surface and then at the deepest meaning of whatever I'm about to say, time is different now. Like 
knowing what day it is, is the most surface like, oh, haha, I think we've all experienced that. But the more I think about it, the more I'm like, no, time itself is like, I don't know if this has happened to you, but sometimes I'll be doing something and I'll go, oh my God, I was supposed to do something. It's been three hours. And I'll look at my phone and I'm like, it's only been 40 minutes. You have plenty of time. Other times, two hours after I was supposed to do something, I'll remember and I'll, I'll think that it's right now, but it was actually two hours ago. Like time is moving differently. Having a child at a time when time is off and where we're all, I think everyone I've talked to in quarantine has been like, I feel older than I did before all this started. I'm starting to notice how old I am. Having a child during that time must be fascinating. I mean, I, so Violet is about to turn one year old on the 24th. And that's, that's, that is my, I was supposed to be something three hours ago kind of thing where I'm like, I was, I, I, this took a year, this was, it's been a year. <laughs> been it's alive been for a, the year that we most feel like we're not alive. I mean, I, so first off, you are, you are a part of that day of, of my memory of that day, because you were <laughs> in the office, you were in the newsroom, man. Oh, just that newsroom. Just like, I just, I just re-entered do you miss it a little that newsroom i so i go there once in a blue moon do i still do have like a PTI desk around the horn no one's there so yes okay good the I mean, stuff has know. been like boxed though they boxed some stuff like Ugh, okay i wonder where my stuff is i, I mean i opened some of the drawers i not your drawers but the yes the, you did you were looking the, for the snack food. Drawer. don't lie you were yeah, trying to get drawer. oh is the snack drawer do we have snacks in it still it is so empty Oh man, that's because Lozo's not there to need snacks. I know, I know, <sighs> and and me in the in the uh, food chain diagram in the biology textbook, me being like the scavenger creature. Yeah, who if there was food right to there. be found, it was like just follow Pablo. He probably found something. You'd have boxes <laughs> of cereal on your desk. You were eating out of them. Like, do you want some lunch? You were like, lunch? Will you I, order I was, me I was some lunch? Just always mooching off of you guys. It the was always awesome. late. The always late um trickle down trickle down economics of lunch i was just like yes this is coming to me because we kind of knew we could only do it once we could only do it once and we tried to always time it on days when Jalen wasn't going to do it because when Jalen would buy meals for the office which is a thing he would do all the time and i'd go what are we celebrating and it was like Jalen's humanity it was like sick i love, that. I love <laughs> eating mac and, this... mac and cheese day with Jalen. yeah cowgirl seahorse catering because Jalen just wants us to know he loves us it was the best it really was but then when he didn't do that it was like god there's no food here and we're on a pier so getting a delivery person to even <laughs> find the door was a nightmare it no was my one daily problem <laughs> as a person who just likes to sit at her desk and have the food be at the desk so she can keep focusing because if she doesn't if i break focus you lose me to have to like not i it was like you have to walk to get lunch and i was like i don't like doing that it's going to ruin my whole day. But then it would ruin my whole day to have to talk to someone and be like, no, no, it's on the water. Like the building is floating above the water. It's not <laughs> on the street where the address says it is. You need to trust me. Walk into the ocean. Just walk right into the river. It was so frustrating. But like <laughs> I want you to go. I don't want you to lose the story that you were going to say about the day that you found out about you having well, I mean, oh, you yes, were going to yes, have a kid. It wasn't yes, a surprise, yes. but you were finding out that it was happening. 
Yeah, so I'm on this pier, this floating, <laughs> floating pier. <laughs> it's like, hey, delivery guy, you go 40 paces and then you jump up and you get the get, the coin pops out. Trust me, it's there. It's the coin's underneath gonna pop the restaurant, out. but the restaurant itself is pretty hidden, so I can't really describe it any other way. <laughs> so I'm on that pier and I'm about, I, I, I was doing makeup. I, I got out of makeup. No, to be clear, he means he was getting his makeup done. I'm sorry, I don't know. He was not doing any anybody's makeup. I, I just want to make makeup. sure he knows. He doesn't know the difference <laughs> as a man. He's like, I was doing makeup. Sure you were. Do a cut crease. Let me see it. I was I was doing makeup's ball. Like that, yes, that's exactly. How, okay, so so I, I, I'm getting the makeup done, and I walk out into the newsroom. And I just remember, it's it's, you know, the high noon staff. It's the always late staff, the various other luminaries who populate the office. And I get this call that from Liz, my wife, that she's in labor. And I'm like, are you sure about that? I mean, this is the most stereotypically male thing. Are you sure? Are well, you I don't sure know, Pablo, I've never been in labor before. <laughs> Doesn't seem that bad if you can call me. I mean, oh my God, oh God. I wasn't actually doing that, but was dangerously close to being yes. like doing that. Um, but anyhow, so she's like, um, Turns out I'm with the OBGYN right now. So I have definitive proof that in fact I yeah. am in labor. Like, Which is exactly great. what you needed. I, I have one standard and it is- You needed a doctor's is. note in order to get out of work. You weren't just gonna leave. You're not a quitter. So I, I, I go into the newsroom and I'm like, I think Liz is giving birth. And people are responding with all of the energy that I should have been. And I remember Bo was there and Bo like hugs me and he's like, you gotta go and then blah, blah, blah. And then it's like, this, everyone's mobilizing people. I, in my mind's eye, people are like, yeah. And other people are like, what? And like, there's a show that I was supposed to do vis-a-vis -vis all the makeup that mm -hmm. had been did upon me. And I just remember Katie, you, be, you being there and being like, um, okay guys, have fun figuring it out <laughs> and then I like just print out. Um, and then I go and have my day, which involves in the birth of a child almost one year ago um, to the week. But yes, you were, that's the last time I saw anyone. <laughs> it was funny because I, I, we were in the like fishbowl that is the only meeting room at the new ESPN office. It's like a bunch, you go in for anybody who doesn't know, which is everybody. It's a bunch of cubicles, like six offices, which are prime real estate. And there were like actual politics that went into who got an office oh and which God. office they got. And I want to be clear, Pablo and I had, we're not even considered in these conversations. That's how far we're above us they were. Rummaging through the snack drawer. Yes. I had a, a cubicle right outside the offices, which I guess is primer, but it's not prime real estate either way there's one room in line with the offices that's a big office essentially that everybody used for like their meetings so when multiple shows needed to have meetings it was you just see groups of people in like the green room anywhere they could find space but so we were we had the coveted meeting room space we were in there brainstorming for our show which was days away so i had my show is days away energy it was like i got nothing else to do to <laughs> that make stuff. And when that's the case, I usually would just, I got to a point of comfort with my staff, thank God, where I was like, I'm coming in without any makeup. I'm coming in in a gross sweatshirt that I love and you hate. And that's why I can wear it today because I'm not front facing today. And uh, 
I think that I had even gotten a Buffalo Wild Wings gift pack that had a Buffalo <laughs> Wild Wings uh, gold encrusted boneless buffalo wing on the end of a comically large gold chain that I was wearing. It's the one you're. It's the one you're wearing right now, Katie. Yeah. Oh man, called me out. I, <laughs> he's right. Uh, but I was like wearing it around the office, like, haha, this is funny. I could never wear this. And somebody came into our meeting and was like, Hey, could you do uh, high noon today? And I was like, <laughs> What's up? Because to me, and this isn't flattery to you, I'm actually mad that I have to say this many compliments in a row. To me, High Noon was like, oh, it's a smart people show. If I'm going to show up on High Noon, I better bring it. I better have made sure I know everything so that I'm comfortable enough to say the things I know. Because that's how I am. I don't like talking about stuff that I know I don't know enough about. Because I'm not convincing. I'm not a good liar. And I'm more interesting when I know enough that I can find what is interesting to me about it. Point is, I was like, can I? Yes. Am I having difficulty finding a reason to tell you that I can't without revealing to you that I make <laughs> myself dumb? Yes. I was like, how can I get, I can't be like, I'm busy. You're looking at me. I'm wearing me a gold <laughs> buffalo wing. I'm not busy. I'm goofy. And I was like, oh, I'm, I don't know how to communicate. I'm in the wrong mode for this. So I was like, I'm, yeah. Then my brain starts being like, live up to the occasion, rise to the occasion, do this. Pablo has to create a life today. Well, not create it, <laughs> see it through. I'm like, I, I can do this. I bet this is how Pablo felt, that he couldn't do this, but I can do this. So I'm like, yeah. And meanwhile, the back of my head is like, no, you can't. Don't do this. So I go in and I get my makeup done and I'm like reading through every doc you guys make. But at that point in high noon, anybody who's made anything collaboratively knows you've gotten to a point where the doc doesn't waste a lot of time. They know what to put in there that you need and that Bo needs, but there isn't stuff in there that like a Katie needs because my brain is different than yours and I don't work on that show. So I'm like flipping through it like, none of this matters. It's so many numbers. What are all these facts? What am I going to say? And then someone came in and my, my brain is telling me it was Bo. But I actually think it was somebody else, but I think it came from Bo. And I think I knew that immediately. But they were like, hey, if you're not comfortable, you don't have to do this. We have an out. We can cancel the show. We can cover it with something else. Programming is telling us we're okay if you can't do this. Then maybe I think Bo came in himself and I was like, I think I looked up at him with a look that felt like a neutral face, but to him probably looked like a very scared dog who's like, do I, have, I can do it. I Do I have to? And he just like put his hand on my shoulder and was like, we're going to cancel the show today. It's thank you for doing this. We're going to cancel the show. And I was like, oh my God. <laughs> And then I was like, wait, do you think I'm too dumb to do the show? <laughs> Self-hate. I can only get a break from it for like 30 seconds. Sure. But I just remember being like, you got to live up to Pablo's expectations. And meanwhile, you were like, I just remember that you were there and I was scared. I that's first off. That's it's so funny to hear that. And any other vantage point on what that day was like, I'm like, yes, I do want to like piece together like the all the different like perspectives on this one afternoon um you would have been so good filling in for me and it would not have been wise for you to try and like imitate <laughs> no 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 just imitate the voice of whatever it is that you thought that the template of the show was i think that's, that's, that's what never... it was it's but it's pressure right like of course no it's you've done pti how yeah. does that feel 
filling all i mean the 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 thing about what i just said is that i if anything am too guilty across the board in terms of like okay this is the template of the show time for me to become whatever is the best fit inside the template like i i i think that's for me like i have almost the opposite issue if if we're this is what this is way too deep about about this stuff at this point that's for what me. this that's what this always ends up being and i can't tell if anybody likes it or not yet but i like <laughs> it and so please keep going so i think i you have a i mean your voice i mean what a voice is and this goes back to writing and it goes back to performing and it goes back to speaking what someone's voice is is kind of the goal of that's like the mission is like figure out what your voice is right and then play the instrument and this is very highfalutin of course but like for me like i would say there's a lot of cover banding and and i think that's part of finding your voice perhaps in any situation this is imposter syndrome in so many words but it's also like how do i get good at something and it's like well i have to imitate in order to figure out what i can be good at and then work that into what i think i am which is a different version of that that's a combination of a bunch of different things but I would say that I'm absolutely still working through that all the time. Like part of the reason why I'm loving talking to you here is because this is a very purely open yeah. space, right? But if you put me on PTI, I will absolutely go into PTI mode to to for good and bad, right? Good right. in the sense that like, it's really easy to do the show with me. Bad in the sense only that I really do enjoy the open field you have provided, which is a different job, of course, than doing PTI or High Noon or HQ or anything else. But the best, and this is what obviously our friend Dan Levitar nurtured, which was great, was he was more of an open space guy, yeah. right? And so that's that's the difference between, I would say, structure and template versus that open space thing. I enjoy both. The living I make is mostly on the template side of things because we're doing shows like formatted shows. You have done them, you've hosted them, but it's a, it's on the spectrum of like you know, structure and templatedness. Um, why was I talking about this? Oh, because you were trying, trying to do oh. High Noon as well. Right. Yes. PTI, but also you like in the dock of High Noon, which is, a, I mean, just God, what a, what a world we were living in. Um, I was so. genuinely digging through being like, where's the part where I go? Because sometimes it'll happen on HQ. We'll they'll send a doc, which is for three different people every day, which must be so hard for them. And I'll scroll through and sometimes I'm like, oh, easy. I know exactly what to say on that topic. Oh, that topic, super easy. But it happened the other day. It's recency bias, but it's very fresh in my memory. The story was about Steve Kerr uh, resting Steph Curry. Like, is he doing that for too long? Like, yada, yada, yada. And I was stared at it. And I was like, who cares? I'm like, I, <laughs> I can't. And part of it was because I was getting over coronavirus, which has weirdly had an effect on my brain that I didn't sure. expect it to. Because there's this whole like not knowing what it's going to do to you because it did something different to every person. That it was just like this fear. And then I got lost in that. But part of it was because I'm like this story. I just couldn't find the thing. And so it came to the minute up to the second it was my turn to speak. I was like bouncing between looking for what I'm going to say and feeling like you'll find it, you'll find it. And then the moment arrived and I was like, um, started talking, started listening to what I was saying and going, that doesn't make sense. Nobody cares. You're going to end this by saying, I don't understand. And I don't care. Don't do that. And then I, the words <laughs> fell out of my mouth. And I was like, I think I just don't care. And I don't get it. And then Sarah was like, I get it. It makes perfect sense to me and explained something. And I was like, yeah, that's it. Okay. <laughs> but it's like, that's, that's how it's going to go for me some days. Some days I'm like, this information is not 
doesn't have the key, whatever that weird, I wish I could identify what the key is all the time so I could find it quicker. But I'm like, man, I'm just digging through what this is until something sparks my interest. And then I'm going, this kind of interesting and waiting to see if other people are like, that is kind of interesting. Or if they're like, no, it's not. And if they say no, I'm like, well, I think it is. But if I don't think it is, I'm like, damn it, I messed up. That's like my worst fears. Just saying a thing like, is this interesting? And everyone's like, no. I'm like, okay, <laughs> why am I here? Somebody else want this job? The, uh... <laughs> I, I, I completely understand all of that. Um, I, I, I absolutely understand what, what you're describing. I would say that- You navigate it better. No, well, well I, you know, having, what you have is a clarity of, this is interesting to me, yes or no. It, like having that sense of taste for what is stimulating to you is actually, I mean, it's not actually, this is, uh, that, that's almost sounds pejorative. It's straight up a good thing to have. You had to sneak in, like, I'm smarter Always. than you as a quick reminder before I give you a compliment. Uh, it's the ninja star of, of, <laughs> of an adjective. Pejorative. Um, pejorative. Um, no, but ha knowing that, right? Because I spent a lot of time, like, I would say, kind of uh, slogging through stuff and not having that clarity of, like, I'm really into this or not. Because I think I'm pretty good, to your point, at trying to make anything, to me, interesting. Yeah. Like, and, and that I think is, is again, that's certainly its own skill, but it also can be inefficient and unsatisfying so when, inefficient. when you're sort of like, you know, cause you're trying to make it work as opposed to following your interest and passion into something. Yeah. Um, so I get it. I, I, I do get it. And, and I would say, yeah, in terms of like, yeah, I'm trying to pick this lock. Like, yeah, I probably, yeah. Part of the job has been, here's a question a truly sports takey question that I will build my interest up to in order to do the show, as opposed to like, I'm already here. Like right. LeBron, Michael Jordan, I like there are people who feel that way and I respect it because it's a skill, as I said. And say. most of them graduated from the Dan Patrick School of Broadcasting because they <laughs> learned from the greatest <laughs> broadcaster of all time, as I'm being paid to say. <laughs> I, I, uh, I don't know if I'd, I don't know if I'd be great in that particular class at the Dan Patrick school of broadcasting. Of, You're very of... good at it. I'm curious to know why sports, because sometimes one of the fascinating things to me is when smart people learn their smart, where they put it. And like, I'm curious to know how you ended up putting it here. So why do we get to have you? I guess is the question. Well, well, most immediately because I don't have anything else to do tonight. Uh-huh. Secondarily, because I took the LSAT after planning to be a lawyer and did not do well. I choked by no any objective way. definition. Yes. Oh my like god. Like the yips? Flop like you just sweat. even the stuff even, you knew you, you know, didn't I, know? I think the yips is too generous to me. Okay. Because uh, wow. like the yips is wow. almost like you had it and then you lost it. For me, it's kind of like, I was never totally confident. And then I went in and what I feared happened, which is I didn't do well, despite spending like days and days and days and days, an entire summer in a library, taking practice tests, like obsessing about these scores, blah, blah, blah. As I, I mean, if a genie, Katie, had visited me in that library, I would not have had the foresight to wish for something much better than I want to get into the best law school in the country, whatever that is, Harvard Law School, let's say. I would have wished for that, which is 
humiliatingly pathetic. Of course. Why? By, and because, 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 number one, I should have wished, I don't know, to like fly, have infinite yeah, wealth. So, well, like, what, yeah, I mean, why am true, I, they cut true. out the middle, man. X-ray I mean, vision, what am I, like anything. What am I, yeah. I mean, or, or I want to be able um, to keep working for what I want, <laughs> I think. Right, exactly. Not, yeah, and maybe throw in like equal protection under the law, whatever I was theoretically yeah, yeah, getting sure, into yeah, the yeah, law for, whatever that is. also considering other people. Uh-huh. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, mostly though, the, the flying. Um, <laughs> And and I would have wished for that, and that just is is that that's just how consuming it was. And so yeah. when I took the test and I flop sweated, and I'm like, I don't think I went well. And I got the score back after like you know stressing out about it nonstop for so long, and it didn't go well. I'm like, what what do I do? And thank God I had in fact been following my interest and passion, which was like I'm gonna write things for the school newspaper. Now, the way I got into sports there is because a, I love sports and like have been a sports fan my whole life, but also because like kids who had gone to my high school, like, oh, they seemed to write sports for the school newspaper and they were smart and they went to law school. And so like that would be a path, like a worn path. I could just like, you know, follow the the structure uh, towards some sort of like life. And that's how I got into it. And then I realized in doing it, oh, I, I kind of loved it. It was fun. I enjoyed like being on a newspaper. I enjoyed being in a newsroom, having this team of, of people who are into journalism. Like I got into journalism as a concept. Like we took ourselves too seriously. That's like how all college activities go, where it's like, we're going to play, we're going to cosplay the New York Times mm-hmm. is what the Harvard Crimson was like. Mm-hmm. And it, which is a mis- truly a miserable. And as I said at the beginning of this, far dumber than anyone probably <laughs> understands, like just dumb in ways like okay it was i'm not proud in the way of like man we accomplished so much i'm just like we were so sincere about being into this and so luckily i'd been doing that and i'd gotten an internship um at sportsillustrated.com writing whatever the for the website because back in my day back in our day katie like people like they didn't put the best writers on the website, because the website was secondary to the magazine. Sports Illustrated right. was a print product. This is newspapers, it's a story of everything. That was a bad investment. <laughs> but I got to like cover like the Nathan's hot dog eating contest. That was the first assignment I ever had for sportsillustrated.com. Like that was the kind of shit I was doing, right? Profiling Joey Chestnut. Like a dog um, fashion show for local yes. news. Yes. I mean, if only, if only I had I had that assignment. So when I don't get the LSAT score, I'm like, shit, this is an existential shaking of, of this tree. Um, I apply for a job to be a fact checker at Sports Illustrated, the magazine. And thankfully, I get that job. My Joey Chestnut story was good. And I get that job and I immediately start to study for the LSAT again. Oh my God. I spend the next year studying for the LSAT. Just like, this is my, this is my year off. I'm gonna do this thing for fun and I'm gonna get into law school and I'm gonna be out of here back on that path that was worn that I'm gonna follow. And by the time, so I took the LSAT the second time the day before I started at Sports Illustrated as a Wow, 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 wow. And so I show up and I'm like, kind of like half in it, whatever. Story goes like soon enough, I'm like, again, super sincerely into this job. (laughs) And I enjoy it and I enjoy writing and I enjoy aspiring to writing better. And I see these writers who I admire and I'm like, I wanna write like them. And I have been trying to write like them in college already because it's Sports Illustrated. And I'm like, as a fan, I was super into it. 
I just had never considered that that would be actually a job and a life. But months pass, and by the time I get my score, which is, spoiler alert, better, but not great. Better, good enough, but Important like, you Important to know, note, you improved, but you improved. were what you wanted yourself to be. But but the point is, like, it, it, I could, there is a, there is a life in which I did well enough to like make my parents proud, right? I, I could have like gone to law school and I kept putting it off like month after month, year after year. I'm like, I'm gonna keep on going with this. And then five years pass, the score expires and to completely quote Pat Riley in a circumstance that is completely inappropriate because I'm talking about <laughs> LSAT scores, I burned the boats. God. The boats were burnt. I had no way back. I'm like, I'm, I'm here. I'm, I'm at this magazine now. This is my life. And here I am. Your main plan went from your main plan to your backup plan. And you didn't even notice it. The switch happened until the boats were burned. And then you're like, well, this is my plan now. You had two. You thought one was the backup. And then you learned that it was your backup because you couldn't live without doing it. And so then you were like, well, then I have to keep doing this. The quality of life, I mean, and, and, and simultaneous to this, like I, I had friends who had gone to law school and I'm talking to them and they hate their <laughs> law school, they hate lawyers. And they're like asking me like, what was it like to hang out with like, you know, Mike Tyson or profile this athlete or go to New Orleans to cover this football? I mean, I had, I mean, the job itself, make no mistake, like we're in sports, both of us, I think, because like the ceiling, so to borrow a sports term to describe sports itself, the ceiling on sports is so high. It's fun. It can be serious. There could be travel. You meet interesting people. The like ceiling people is the care roof. about this. The ceiling is <laughs> absolutely. So yeah, I was into it. I was super into it and remain into it. Um, but yeah. People who are young, kids who want to be lawyers, because it was me for a minute until I was like, oh, I'm not smart enough. <laughs> but people who want to be lawyers maybe actually just want to be Stephen A. Smith. Yes. Oh, my God. The, the thing we, we percent, recognize yes. as like, oh, I want to argue a case <laughs> and win. It's like, oh, yeah, then you want to be Stephen A. Smith. You don't actually want to be a lawyer because there's so much other stuff involved in law that's going to get in the way of doing the law. Stephen A. Smith gets to walk in and pronounce himself the law for an hour, however long that show is now, three hours. Uh, he just gets to be the law. That's what you Two want. hours, two hours plus an ESPN Plus show plus other projects. So, yeah, on a given the day. ESPN Plus show, which I'm like, <laughs> oh, that looks like my show, but I, he's doing it better. He found it. He just is so good at like, yeah, this is what this is. And you're like, confidence is what you have. I don't have well, it. I mean- I think more than anything, he has what you identified at the beginning of that, which is that he is like, <laughs> he is a movie lawyer. Like that's his job. Like being a sports arguer is so, you're totally right about that. It is more like being in like a scene from Law and Order or My Cousin Vinny or pick whatever like legal fictionalized thing. It's like, you're dramatically yelling at somebody, you're cracking jokes, you're kind of winking at the camera, like you're throwing evidence in the air, you have like dramatic reveals, like, but you're also like, and Stephen A is so good at this, he is taking the arrows, he is being attacked, he is judo moving some of them, some of it he wears, he has emotion, I mean, it's, it's a performance. It's 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 it is so much more like what people think being a lawyer is yes. like. 
Whereas, and when you lose it, you get to come back the next day and just do it again. You don't have to be like, I lost that case. How am I going to bounce? It's just like, go do it again. Go do exactly the same thing again. It, it's not really as consequential as like, oh, I lost in an innocent man now is going to jail. Like, oh, my <laughs> God, this is like I lost and people think I'm stupid. That's OK. I can go try to be smart tomorrow if I need to. I lost and now LeBron James yeah, will never be exactly the GOAT. The he will never be the GOAT. Ever. No, this is, no. <laughs> uh, this is such a sidebar, but it was something uh, Dan and I, not Dan Patrick, who is of the Dan Patrick School of Broadcasting, where you should, in, I was going to say enlist, but I meant enroll, <laughs> but didn't I mean enlist? Uh, my Dan and I were talking about the other day where he's like, the most impressive thing about LeBron no one can ever take away from him is that he lived up to the hype and then some. LeBron should have been a classic case of like, I thought you were going to be good. And people still said it, but it didn't mean anything because anybody paying attention is like, yeah, he is good. You might not like all of it. You might not like that he's not on your team or that he was on your team and now he's not on your team anymore. But he lived up to the hype and is continuing to, which it's, is wild. It's what he has done is, I mean, just from a pure like, man, you might have been. Um, did you watch the Britney Spears thing? I haven't yet. Where is it? What platform is it on? I hate that that's the first thing I have to figure out when people are talking about something. I believe it's on, I, I think it's on Hulu. Um, but the point is, I'll the point is, there's a out. world, there's a world in which LeBron is like any tragic child star who meteorically rises, then blows up because guess what? No one should be subject to that level of public life for that long. At starting right. that early. I mean, purely from the like, man, you should have melted underneath like all of these people watching you and just being hounded all the, there's a, there's an amazing, there's a, Mark Maron interviewed uh, Leonardo DiCaprio and he interviewed Brad Pitt together for the Once Upon a Time in Hollywood movie junket. Mm -hmm. And they were doing this like, yeah, they're doing this podcast, you know, it's a, it's a, not like radio, it's different. Um, Very different. So they're, they're, they're on Mark Barron's podcast and Brad Pitt and DiCaprio end up like talking to each other briefly about just like being famous and a heartthrob young and then what that sort of evolution was like over time. And it becomes clear that Brad Pitt is like, Leonardo DiCaprio is like, man, like the paparazzi, they still bother you, right? The paparazzi still bothers you. And, he's, and Brad Pitt's like, actually like not as much right now. So like, which is probably still an insane amount, but like there's a level of like, oh, there's things have been quieted a little bit. And DiCaprio's like shocked to hear this. And Brad Pitt asked him like, well, what's it like for you? And he, and he goes something, I'm paraphrasing here. He was young when he did Titanic. He was like, how old do we think he was? Like, Oh God, I'm terrible at age, but I remember he was on like teens. growing pains or something. Yes, yes, but like, but like young, right? Like, so the point is one day he says, two black SUVs appear in the driveway to his family's house. And Brad Pitt's like, you know, and Brad Pitt's sort of like marveling that that's a lot. And the Art Capri goes, they never left. Oh my God. <laughs> Just like, yeah, I mean, again, like, a fun lens to see a person through, right? You're a movie star, like, come on. But the idea that there's always two cars parked in your driveway, and you're just like constantly. 
Oh my God. If you're a LeBron, if you're just like that level of celebrity for that long, it's just like that you just go insane. That you should go insane. Because especially at that age, failing is so important. And when everybody's looking at you, a failure feels a lot bigger because people are like, did you just trip? He tripped. I think he tripped and he fell. And you're like, no, no, I was just running. I was just starting to run. I I didn't trip. No tripping happened. It's like we want to hide our failures so that we have time to figure out what they taught us before everybody else tells us what it says about us. And like at that age, if you're told you can't fail, that's much scarier than being like, hey, it's okay. Screw up. It's going to hurt more. You don't want to fail, but you'll you'll get over it better than somebody who's being told they absolutely can't. And so it's amazing to me that like LeBron and probably Leonardo DiCaprio, but I don't know him well enough to say that confidently. So just LeBron has <laughs> been able to still become a well-adjusted person while having every single thing he does scrutinized by every single person who cares about sports in some way. Yeah, yeah, and even people yeah. who don't as of late having I was, having having an entire like television economy basically built atop you is it's a pretty remarkable thing i mean to be numb to that i mean and by the way i do think we all are sort of numb to varying to, to varying like versions of that ever smaller right like but that's that's what being on, i mean this is man we're sounding so old now but that's what being on social media is like right that's what all of these platforms my twitter mentions used to be a lot scarier to me than they are now now yes. I've developed a coping mechanism, which is assume every single person tweeting at you is a friend of yours ribbing you. Take it that way instead of thinking every single person has a gun to your head and you have to defend yourself. Just be like, oh, that is something stupid I did and laugh at it. And anybody who talks about something that doesn't matter to you, it's not supposed to matter to you. So move on. Like when somebody says something about my appearance, it's like, yeah, I cool, you don't like my teeth. I also don't like my teeth, but I'm not going to fix them because I also don't like the dentist. Goodbye. <laughs> Like it is I, what it is. Not going to change it. I, I, you know, it, it, our brains are just in general not meant to like have to answer these, these sort of challenges and experiments. Like we are, we're living experiments. Like it's weird to, it, it's fundamentally like, and I think we're all steadily realizing this broadly. But like internet, probably not the best thing. That it is if we would all use it the way we wish everybody else used it, like. Use it properly. Inst- when you have a question, don't go to the website that's for saying stuff. Go to the website that's for asking stuff. Like, if you need to know something or you're curious about something, Google it instead of tweeting it all the time. I mean, there's times where you can have your curiosities answered by Twitter, but there's times where it's like, you're not going to get the best answer from this website. Go to the website whose job it is. I'm buzzing in food. That's why I'm looking away from you. Uh, I Go to the website whose job it is to tell you and explain things to you. Why are you here on Twitter? Don't make this my job. This does feel like a unit in the Dan Patrick School of Broadcasting. It should be. If it's not, it should be. It really, it, it, it truly, it truly should. I'm um, also trying to learn the <laughs> lesson that nobody wants to listen to a two and a half hour podcast. I know there's some people that do, and I know I want to make one, but I also know that like that's a daunting amount of time. And so Dan, I told Dan, he was like, I'll produce you. I'll text you when it's time to let Pablo go. And he texted me like 10 minutes ago. And I'm like, but we haven't even started yet. We haven't talked about any of the things I randomly wrote down. <laughs> yeah, while I was I oh, Assassin's my God. Creed. There is, I mean, dangling beneath your Buffalo Wild Wings necklace is <laughs> a truly <laughs> impressive page of notes that I am I'm touched by. And you are absolutely right. There is no way we got to any of those None things. None of it. I think I want to know of all of these. I'm looking at them now and I'm like asking yeah. one more and let's Yeah, go. no, yeah. Let's 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 put some of this 
coursework to work. I will ask this uh, as well as I think I can, which will be by first telling you how I got to this question so you understand it better. Please. I've I've been focused a lot on, since there's uh, so much else to focus on and and I'm isolated, all of these things have kind of converged into my brain being like, what's my job? How am I best used? How do I take the gifts that I have and the weaknesses, like acknowledging them and knowing what those are, and what path do I forge that best benefits the most amount of people? How can I share whatever it is I have that I don't fully understand, but I can't wait around hoping to understand it before I start sharing it, or I'm going to waste a lot of time. So I'm like, mm-hmm. what? what's my thing? And I'm, I've looked in a bunch of different places, and I haven't found it yet. But one thing I've been fixated on is I've realized that like laughing and making other people laugh is when I feel my most alive. It's when my body's like, I hate to use this phrase, especially because I'm a woman and I know where people will go with it. It's like vibrating at the right whatever frequency. Mm-hmm. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, smart yeah. people. No, no, no. Yes. No, that's, that's, I'm with all of that. I'm with I that feel sparkly. If when I make somebody laugh, especially someone who I know is having a bad day, I'm like, Woo, I am alive right now. And so I know there's something there and that I have to follow that and look into it a little more. What would you say is the time that makes you like, what's a thing you do that you're like, that's my most rewarding moment of life. That's when I feel, and it could be as simple as like when I'm reading, or it could be as, as more specific as like when I'm looking at my daughter, like what is the thing right now, which now I've made it seem like you have to answer that. Obviously looking at your daughter is awesome. And you're a great dad. You don't have to answer that. I just want to know what makes you like spark. Yeah. First got to say as the father of a daughter, it's my daughter. I haven't really used that as much as I thought I, I would in the first year. Start, I can't wait. Uh, I'm not around enough people. To, That's true. I, but yes, you I can't am, say I it am, to your wife as the I know, father as the, of the daughter. <laughs> as the father of your daughter. Um, yeah, you know, so that's that's like existentially the answer um, for all the reasons legally heretofore established. <laughs> okay, but, so <laughs> However, um, the that was. Bailed on Stephen Terrible, terrible limited. So, thing. Not even limited. Right after the, on the H of however, I was like going to steer <laughs> so hard in the other direction. Um, I think it is, it has, I mean, to the long rambling monologue I had before, I think it has to do with writing still. I think being, having written, having written something, have, it, it's not writing, it's not the act of writing, but it is having written. I would say that there is a pride and satisfaction of like, oh, I put something together that I am proud of. There's a cleverness here. I set something up. There's a turn of phrase. There's an idea. There's a thought. There is something I wanted to say, and I figured out a way to say it. And that to me, in that small, just like, again, these aren't big, enormous um, volcanic vibrations, but they keep me going. Like if I did not enjoy that, if I did not enjoy Honestly, like doing ESPN daily, and this is my own like live read for my podcast. And but I mean this sincerely. Like, I will listen to the show the night before it comes out, both to give notes, but also because I'm like, oh, we made something. Like, what's the, the schedule I, like on that? If I can completely so interrupt much. your amazing train of thought, but like, what? How? When are you? How Always. are you doing that? That much? All all the time. Yeah. All the time. I assume- right now, I've been doing this. I've been doing. ESPN daily while I've been on this call, man. Yeah, no, it's, 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 we have have so much work. We have a, so the real answer truly is that we have a staff of people that I have come to trust who add value and make my life easier, which is 
truly an amazing luxury. Like yes. it's it's like the hardest thing to find in some ways. And they have a team that I all those things are true. I trust them. They add value. They're great. And so they make my job easier. But they're also like, you know, <laughs> we we have a staff where I'm like constantly working, but it it doesn't feel like it's too much. Yeah. Which is I, I'm afraid to say that out loud because I'm kind of like concerned I'm working too much, but I also like enjoy it. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm in that zone right now where it's like, again, like kind of like a low vibrational hum, but I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm into this. I'm into this. And I it's will my say job. The piece you did on Mike Tyson being on the, as much as you can call it, I guess the flagship ESPN podcast. Like I know ESPN podcasts values, all of their podcasts I actually love our podcast department. I think they're fantastic. Like PG mm -hmm. yes. is really great. And I've like cried on the phone with him, which means I trust him, which is like, <laughs> very rare for me in a business setting. But like the, if they had to go like, Oh, we got to kill every podcast and keep one. I think they would keep ESPN daily, which isn't even fully a compliment to you. It's just like, it's named ESPN daily. So it's the one to hear you have the conversation you had about Mike Tyson, which actually helped me put into words, like my, it helped me solve my confusion about Mike Tyson because mm. I know about the bad things in his past. Yes, and I'm of course, also of like listening to him talk, I'm always like, that's actually really enlightening to hear him say that. To hear you put it into words that that's why I like him now because of what happened before and that he was thoughtful about it and became the person that he is now and approaches everything with this new understanding based on his experiences, which sounds easy, but is very hard because a lot of stuff usually gets in the way, especially when there's money and fame involved. The fact that he was able to find his way down that path is why he's now worth listening to because he had experiences I will never have most of which are because I don't ever want to have them, but I can still learn from the person who unfortunately had them, did them, went through them. And like you putting that on ESPN daily to me was like, whoa, Pablo did the damn thing. Thank you. I mean, first off, thank you so much. Um, second off, like, yes, Mike Tyson as this messenger who like is so, I mean, even beyond like the, like, man, I'm learning a lot. Like just in terms of like, we're all in this, unending culture war and it's like man like that dude is a good guy to have saying the things he's saying because it's hard to attack him as a bad messenger when he is like the you know again allegedly the i mean this legendarily i, I should say like the baddest dude in the world like he is this anyway i could go on and on about mike tyson um but yes i I'll, doing that podcast and having the opportunity to like subvert some things um by doing a story like that. Yeah, I I mean, the flagship thing is funny um, because I do the show out of my wife's closet, yes. which is over there. Yes. And and so- Well-decorated um, apartment, by the way. Thank I don't you know so who much. to compliment for that, but it makes me mad every time. Cause I'm like, you should I will be take so busy, compliment. your apartment looks like mine. I will take the compliment. Cause I'm not busy and, and it looks like mine. <laughs> <laughs> the plants, the plants are, that's- Always that's, alive. That's, you know what, you, one might argue that the plants, like watering and tending to my plants, that is the vibrational frequency that brings uh -huh. me the most consistent comfort. You nurture. It's zen. There's, yes, I am surrounded by life that I am in sync with. I rely on them. They rely on me in ways they don't fully understand, but mm -hmm. I'm into it. I'm into it. Um, so. Flagship. Flagship in a closet, not really feeling very flagshipy, but at the same time, really enjoying the idea that we're putting together a show that you know we we think we're doing good stuff and and we take we take the job 
seriously and important um, and as important. So yeah, I, I, I think I described what you wanted to know, but I will also say, I will also say, I like going, I, I, yeah, I like going on a good walk. Just like, Ooh. you know. I want to yeah. like a walk. I like a drive and I'm not in the right city for that. Mm. I don't have a car, but I love a drive. You, you know what? You know what you have that I have enjoyed that I'm hesitant. Well, let me give you a person who is lazy, but wants to take a walk. What that person might enjoy, which is to me a ferry ride. Oh, love see, Ashley a loves ride. a ferry ride. I've never seen Ashley more. Ch- and I, the best way to describe it, childlike happiness she giggles her, her like shoulders are hunched up and she's just looking out at the water smiling first time it happened i looked at her i was like you okay are you going through something right now and she just turned to me and said i love boats and i was like this is so this rules you look 12 to me right now and like part of the thing of when you make friends when you're older you're like man i wish i knew you when you were 12 i wonder what you were like and i got to see that day i was like look at you loving boats uh, it doesn't do it for me, but maybe Fair. it will now that I haven't been on one in forever. Like, what even is a boat? Did I imagine it? Is it like a unicorn? Does it exist? Who's to say? I just know that any good boat has a good sale. Like at Full Sail University, <laughs> the Dan Patrick School of Broadcasting. Oh, my God. That's it. That's decided. Go to fullsail.edu slash <laughs> Do not use my promo code. Wait, do we? Pablo has won it back. The entire podcast was a fight to the death over who got to keep the full sale read, and you won it just then with a slam dunk. Um, or you go because I have to let you go, or I think my boyfriend's gonna break up. Okay, with me. fair. I don't know fair. if that's what I said it at. He probably would just be like, "Okay, I knew you were gonna do it," but I have to make myself believe those are the consequences so that I won't talk to you for another three hours. Yeah. But we'll do yeah. this again soon. I'm starting Please. to realize, like I might just have the same people I've been having on over and over because yeah. I'm talking to you. But let's talk about love. We're going to do it. I do that. <laughs> I do that on every product I buy. Like I bought myself a robe from Brooklyn in for my birthday because that's the kind of birthday I was having this year. I had just it really had is coronavirus. I was like sick getting a robe. belated happy birthday and happy new robe day. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah, it showed up on my it showed up very quickly. And I uh, but before I ordered it, I tried every podcast friend I have to see if they had a promo code. But I never used my own because that felt like you don't get high on your own supply. You're not supposed mm. to do that. Another item on the syllabus yes. at the Dan Patrick oh, yeah, that's School like day of Broadcasting. One. That's 101 broadcasting <laughs> at the Dan Patrick School of, bro- of sports casting. Sports, ca- sports oh, casting. Not broadcasting. That's a completely not, not. different school and a completely different field of study. <laughs> uh, guys, that's it for this week's edition of sports. Shout out to Full Sail University. Shout out to Dan Patrick. Shout out to Full Sail University's Dan Patrick School of Broadcasting, sports casting. And shout out to MeUndies, which are underpants. Uh, also, shout out to ESPN Daily, Pablo's podcast, because usually this is where somebody tells me what podcast at ESPN I have to promote, and they didn't do that today. So I'm choosing to promote ESPN Daily, which is Pablo's podcast. Thank you so much for having me on your radio show. Oh, well, Pablo, now you're doing great, and it's all been great. But radio and podcasting are different. We can go over it again <sighs> next time. 
they're just not the same. But it's okay. And hey, big thanks to everybody listening. If anybody still is, hi mom. Uh, you listen to it once now on whatever you're on, and then on uh, Pablo's favorite streaming service a second time. Pablo, what's what do you use for podcasts? Oh, I use um, the Apple one. Yep. On my phone. Okay, so once now on whatever this is and once on the Apple one. And if you're already on the Apple one, well, then guess what? Your job is to leave us a nice review wherever you're listening to the podcast. But I just said Apple, so maybe I shouldn't have said that. Uh, we read them and we love them. Like this review from Pablo Torre of this podcast that says... This was the best podcast I have ever heard. Don't... You didn't period. Don't lie. I'm not done yet. Okay. I'm not done yet. <clears throat> Thank you. Period. Wow. Wow. Yes. You at the you ended your review of this podcast by thanking people <laughs> for reading your review of the podcast. And lastly, don't forget, you can always leave up a voicemail at 860. I didn't even mean to do that. 506-5571. Say goodbye, Pablo. Goodbye. Bye. I love you. Mean it. <laughs> <laughs>